0: and would be delivered from the burden of them, are invited and encouraged in his name to come to this sacrament. Let us therefore so come that we may find refreshing and rest unto our souls. We come before you this day thanking you for the gift of life. We realize the table has been set for us. Help us in this hour to feed on you in faith through Christ. Amen.
1: us now hear the word of the Lord as recorded in Luke 14th chapter, 15th to 24th verses. When one of those who sat at the table with him heard this, he said to him, Blessed is he who shall eat bread in the kingdom of God. But he said to him, A man once gave a great banquet and invited many. And at the time for the banquet, he sent his servant to say to those who had been invited, Come, for all is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. First said to him, I have bought a field, and I must go out and see it. I pray you have me excused. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I go to examine them. I pray you have me excused. And another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. So the servant came and reported this to his master. Then the householder, in anger, said to his servant, Go out quickly to the streets and lanes of the city, and bring in the poor, and maimed, and blind, and lame. And the servant said, Sir, what you've commanded has been done, and there is still room. And the master said to the servant, Go out to the highways and hedges, and compel people to come in, that my house may be filled. For I tell you, None of those men who were invited shall taste my banquet.
0: While in graduate school, like many other students, I waited on tables in the campus center dining room in order to support the financial needs of my education. The job was not difficult, the French benefits, very delicious, I still carry some of them around with me. But at times the job was very difficult because it was frustrating and disappointing. Frustrating and disappointing because sometimes you'd work very hard to set the table and then nobody would come to eat. Especially was this the case at breakfast on Monday mornings. When you're in seminary, you see, you you spend Saturday and Sunday, at least this was the way it was done 20-some years ago, traveling to churches on assignment. And most every Saturday and Sunday, I would be assigned to some church along the northeastern seacoast of America. Things were different then. We had Sunday evening services as well, so we usually didn't get back to Princeton until usually after midnight on Sunday nights. Of course, we'd all be wound up with the happy and holy happenings that took place and took a time to relate our experiences to one another, so we really never got to bed until 1 or 2 o'clock Monday morning. And then the alarm would go off at 6.15, have to rise, find my way through the bleak New Jersey morn, get to the campus center, dining room, dressing room, get on my white coat, go upstairs, and I had the responsibility for two tables, 16 places. That meant 16 water glasses, 16 glasses for juice, 16 sets of forks, knives, and spoons. Had to get many bowls for the cereal and a variety of box cereals. The milk, the sugar, everything else that was necessary. And I always just got the job done when the doors opened at 7 a.m. And many a Monday morning I stood there until 7.30 waiting and many a Monday morning nobody ever came though the table was set I think I can understand a little bit of the disappointment that God must have when people don't come to the table which he has set through the death the broken body and the shed blood of his only begotten Son. Some people don't come, I notice, because they say they don't know that we are serving at the table of the Lord. Some people feel they have justifiable excuse, though God does not consider any excuse a justifiable reason. You heard in the reading of the scripture lesson, of three people who turned down the invitation of the king. One said because of the press of business, the other for pleasure. The third thought he had a good reason, that of responsibility of home. Jesus calls all of those merely excuses. And in God's sight, an excuse is not a reason. And anyone who has a healthy body and a sound mind, is not excused for any reason from the table of our Lord. Some people do not partake because they do not feel worthy. And that kind of a comment shows a complete misunderstanding of the meaning of the meal. I hope none of you today have come with the idea that you will not eat or will not drink because you do not feel worthy. None of us is worthy. But God in his infinite goodness, you see, has set the table. We come on no merit of our own. We come only because we have received at God's command the gracious invitation to come. And there's really nothing that we can do to affect what God has already done by setting the table. The table is already set. Everything that ever has to be done can be done or needs ever to be done. To affect our salvation has been done by God through Jesus Christ. Please hear that. Our salvation has been perfected through Christ. What had to be accomplished to reunite creation with creator has been done. The price that had to be paid has been paid by the broken body and shed blood of Jesus Christ. Salvation, at onement with God is possible because Jesus Christ has seen to it. The table is set. And God has used the simple thing of a meal, an everyday necessary occurrence that takes place in every home, in every nation, of people, no matter what color the skin. If you're going to live, you have to eat and you have to drink. And God took that simple meal and he made it into a sacrament. The reason he did so is that God knows that every one of us has sinned and come short of the glory of God. Not one of us has escaped that particular dilemma. And because of our humanity, which is simple, God knows that every one of us carries around a tremendous load of guilt, be it real or be it imaginary, it's still guilt. And God knows that we have short memories that we need constant support, that we need continuous reinforcement to remind us of the fact that God loves us, God has redeemed us, God is not at war with us. We may be with him, that he already has made the surrender possible. And God has great things in store for us by the power of his Holy Spirit, if only we'll believe in him and follow it. So God took a simple meal and he said, the table is set. All that is necessary has been done. The only thing we have to bring is one sorrow for our sins, true regret for what we have done and what we are. We can bring only our faith, our faith that we fully don't understand but which we accept and believe in, that we are loved by God and redeemed through Christ. All we have to bring to this table which is already set is our desire to lead a holy, happy, loving, liberated life. That's all that's necessary. So, folks, the table is set. We are privileged not by our insistence or presumption or persistence, but by God's grace. We are invited to come. So I invite all who believe in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior all who are truly sorry for their sins and wish to be delivered of the burden of them, everyone who is desirous to lead a better and holy life, you're invited to come. You're encouraged to come, eat and drink, and show the Lord's death till he comes. Today we are most privileged at this table to welcome new members into the Church of Jesus Christ. First, we will receive those individuals who for the last nine months, these ninth graders, have been a part of a course of study. They have been taught the meaning of faith, understanding of church and church history. They have been examined by a committee of this session. They have been approved as disciples of Jesus Christ by the session of this Church. And today we are to partake in their commissioning as members of the Church of Jesus Christ. And I have asked Elder Gene Ewers, who has been the lead teacher of this class for the nine-month period. If she would read out the names of these young people as we come to this high and holy moment of happiness in the lives of this great congregation. Jean.
2: Richard J. Anderson. Melanie S. Arnold. Tammy L. Blonick. Lynn A. Brown. Diane E. Cawhee. Mark J. Cummings. Sherry L. Dornward. Susan A. Dowd. Paul A. Duncan Susan D. Edwards W.D. Brett Harnett Grant M. Heffley, Karen L. Kennedy Lisa A. Bacina Mark E. Mahan Jennifer J. Record Thomas D. Richards, Jr. Cynthia L. Snyder Barbara G. Stark, and Karen D. Steffler.
0: Lisa Ann Lucina, you are now faithfully on your part in the presence of God and of this congregation to answer the following questions. Do you believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, and in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life? Do you? Do you confess your need of the forgiveness of sins and with a humble and contrite heart put your whole trust in the mercy of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord? Do you wish to be baptized in this faith? Please pray with me. Graciously, accept this thy servant, we ask thee, who comes to you in baptism, may she receive remission of sins and being born again of water and of the Holy Spirit. May she die unto sin and live unto righteousness. Set apart this water from a common to the sacred use to which it is appointed, and grant that Lisa, now be baptized therewith, and she may receive the fullness of thy grace, and ever remain in the number of thy faithful people through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Lisa, will you please kneel? Lisa and Lucina, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. And may the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit descend upon you and dwell in your heart forever. Amen. Gina, please rise. Beloved in the Lord. In your baptism, you received the sign and seal of your union with Christ and were solemnly engaged to be the Lord's. God, in his goodness, has brought you to years of responsibility, and you now desire to acknowledge before God in his church the covenant then made on your behalf or by you, and to profess your faith in the Lord Jesus, to consecrate yourselves to him, and thereby to bind yourself anew in his service. Our Lord Jesus Christ said, Whoever shall confess me before men, him will I confess before my Father which is in heaven. Therefore we ask you these questions. Do you confess your faith in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ his only Son our Lord, and do you promise with the aid of the Holy Spirit to be Christ's faithful disciple to your life's end. You promise to make diligent use of the means of grace, to share faithfully in the worship and service of the Church, to give of your substance as the Lord may prosper you, and to give your whole heart to the service of Christ and his kingdom throughout the world. Please Kneel. Let us pray. Almighty and ever-blessed God, Thou whose blessed Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, hath ordained this holy opportunity, mercifully look upon these your servants, and grant unto them the touch of your Spirit. O Lord, you have blessed us. You have given us so much, and we thank you now for these young people who, having studied your word, who, having come to a moment of understanding of your church, feel that they have been called to accept your guidance and respond in faith to your leading. Defend, O Lord, these thy servants with your heavenly grace, that they may continue to be yours forever and ever, and daily increase by the power of your Holy Spirit more and more their faith and their courage, until they come at last unto your everlasting kingdom. And may the God of all grace, who has called you to this eternal glory, confirm you to the end, that you may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Please rise. You are disciples of Jesus Christ. He has called you and commissioned you. Live in his love and serve him. Be filled with gratitude, and let the message of Christ dwell among you in all of its richness. And whatever you are doing, in word or in deed, do everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And as you remain before this congregation, we want to bring forward those members who have been in a class of instruction being taught by Mrs. Kennedy and myself. These people for the last six weeks have reviewed the vows of Church membership, discipleship, and history of the Church. I will now ask that they come forward. They have already met with the session of this Church. And they are to be publicly received at this time. Mr. Harley B. Allen from the Arnold United Methodist Church of Arnold, Pennsylvania. And Mrs. Harley B. Allen by reaffirmation of her faith in Christ. Miss Alice M. Blackburn, re- reaffirmation of her faith. Mrs. Laura J. Eaton from the First Baptist Church of Torrington, Wyoming. Mrs. Nancy L. Imler from the Lakemont United Methodist Church, Altoona, Pennsylvania. Mr. and Mrs. Leonard L. Lilja from the Bethany Presbyterian Church of Bridgeville, Pennsylvania. Mr. and Mrs. Kenneth S. Marsh from the Hebron United Presbyterian Church of Pittsburgh. Miss Melinda A. Matthews, by reaffirmation of her faith in Christ. Mrs. Jeffrey L. Mowen, by her reaffirmation of faith in Christ. Mr. James S. Phillips, from the First Presbyterian Church of Gibsonia. Mr. and Mrs. David G. Raisley, by reaffirmation of their faith in Christ. Miss Kathleen M. Rosenberger from the Mars United Presbyterian Church of Mars, Mr. and Mrs. Daniel Simoons from the United Presbyterian Church of Plainfield, New Jersey, and Mr. and Mrs. Albert C. Zaraga from the Eastminster Presbyterian Church, South Stone Mountain, Georgia. Friends, God has chosen you by his grace to be joined with himself in the fellowship of his church. We believe by God's providence you have come to this place in this moment of history to become affiliated with this particular church. We're very honored and privileged. And it's a great day for all of us as we welcome you into the membership of this church.